What's up, guys? Welcome back to the One Broke Actress Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Valentine, bringing you an honest account of working actor life, plus a few lessons I learn in the process. What's up, guys? Today's announcements are going to be super short and sweet because it's episode 10 and we are going sponsor-free, baby. We are just going to go straight into the podcast today, but I do want to say thank you so much for all of the reviews we got after last week's episode. It's good to know that you guys like a good contest for a book. We can totally do that again. I loved that. That was really fun. So thank you as always for rating and reviewing this podcast. As we get nearer to the end of the season, it's even more important to wrap it up with as much good juju as possible so we can get rolling on the next season and get some awesome guests. So thank you guys as always. Make sure you're following at One Broke Actress on Instagram. Make sure you're signed up for our email list. We just announced the newest book club and we are teaming with at Actors Who Book. So make sure you follow them too. We have some good stuff coming down the pipe. That's it guys, short and sweet. Let's get to the podcast. Today's guest is actress Kina Ferguson. Get ready to be motivated as shit. Kina shares with us her journey from Missouri, representing St. Louis, to Los Angeles, into the commercial world, and how she flipped that on its head to break into TV. She really talks about why restricting herself to a type actually opened up more doors, something I think you guys will all find really interesting, and how being a mom as well as a content creator has shaped her into who she is today. We cover so much more, I couldn't even keep my hands off of this editing. I had to send pieces of it to all of my actor moms out there. (laughs) But guys, without further ado, please enjoy Kina Ferguson. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh my God, Missouri girl. I know. You don't see as many of us. You see a lot of uh, a lot of Chicago people. Mm, oh my God, a ton of Chicago. So many Chicago. I remember I first moved here and I was always on the lookout for like a license plate that looked like mine. I was like, oh, there's Illinois because I had, used to have uh-huh. that one. And then I would see Missouri yep. and I was like, oh, there's one. I know. There there's not there. many of us. Um, and I haven't lived there since high school because I went to, you know, the Ohio State University. So I haven't lived there in forever, but. Well, I would love I would love to talk about how you got to where you are because growing up in Missouri, right? The encouragement into the arts and maybe unless you went to like a one of the really great high schools <laughs> might not have been really prominent. Uh so I'm curious how you got into it. So for me, my mom is a professional dancer and has been forever. Mm-hmm. And she runs uh she's artistic director for Lincoln University's dance company. So she already had that. So I started off as a dancer. And um, she's all in both of my parents. They never discouraged the arts. They were always like, yes, go for it. And so when I hear that other people's parents don't do that, I realize how lucky I am because they really were never like, you want to do what? It was like, okay, great. And so they really helped to shape that. And I started doing musical theater really young. And then I knew, I knew I'd be an actor, dancer. I knew I was going to be in the arts. So for me, it was just more like, what's the path? I wanted to go to college and have a college experience. I didn't want to miss out on that. So it was like, let me go to college, study dance and theater. And then immediately after college, moved to LA. And I did. I moved to LA five days after graduation. So Yeah. We were on like the same path. You were just ready. What happened when you moved to LA? Did you feel like your school training prepared you for the life you started here? No. Okay. Um, (laughs) This is a common answer I get. <laughs> no, 
I mean, and, which doesn't the- mean it doesn't negate college, right? It doesn't right. negate what you learned, the years you used to grow up, but the oh training God. might not have put you in the right place to do where you Yeah, at. especially because I was a dance major and I was right. a theater minor, but like, like a half theater minor because the dance program is so intense. There's really no time for anything else. So the reality is, is that I moved to LA and there's, and the, the biggest thing is that when you move to LA, there's no path, right? There's no like, here's the yellow brick road. This is where you start. And here's how you become an actress. It's literally like, huh, you know? <laughs> so for me, I think that was hard because I'm a person who's like, let me just do it. Show me, just show me, tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. And so to get out here and just kind of be like, oh, okay. I mean, you're in this big city and you just kind of have to go, how do you meet people? How do you get an agent? How do you take class? How do you get an audition? You know, and then the common catch 22 is you need credits for an agent, but you need an agent for credits. So you're kind of like, so how does that work? Um, You know, Um, so for me, that was a thing, but luckily, you know, I'm a, I'm a person who's like, let's just forge ahead. Let's figure this out. Let's, what do we need to do? And so I use my dancing first to kind of forge my way in. And then from there I was able to, but I mean, I tell people all the time, people hit me up and they want to know, and I'm like, there is no one way. There are people I know who moved out here and in five years they book something really big and they're huge. You know what I mean? Right. And then there's the people who told me like, it'll at least take you 10 years. And I was like, Psh. Okay. <laughs> that was me. I'm like, I, I was like, I don't think you know that I'm actually really special. Right. And um, I'm going to tell you how it is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's, and now I look back, I mean, I've been here already over 10 years. You haven't been here that long, right? Uh, it'll be 10 years next summer. Okay. This summer, so, I guess when this airs. Yeah. Right. So when you look at it, you're like, wow, that actually went by really fast. But when the person told me that, I was like, yeah, okay, maybe for you. Right, right. And, <laughs> and right out of college too, you're like, well, I was just in college for like four years. And so 10 is way more than that. So it's definitely oh not going to take me that much time. Definitely not. Do you know all that I accomplished in four years in college? Okay. Right, right. When you followed a course guide, it was so nice. <laughs> So how did you use your dancing to get your way in? Did you like music videos? Did you start auditioning? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I did, um, my very first thing that I did was I always tell people, I started calling up people from college and going, Hey, um, who do you know that lives in LA? Oh, I don't know. I think my cousin has a friend. Ask him if I can call him, get their number. So I was calling up random people like, Hey, hi, I'm Kina. I just graduated from O-State. Your friend's cousin, sister said I should call you because da da da. And people were like, okay, yeah. I'm like, so can we like hang out? Can you go to lunch? Like whatever. Um, so that led me to meet some girls that I became friends with for a little bit. And they were dancers. And actually these girls, they dance for Beyonce. They, they're like huge dancers, but at the time they were still like climbing. And there was an audition for a show on BET that they were going to. And I was, you know, when you're younger, you're bolder. And that's the one thing I tell people to keep, like stay as bold as you can. And I crashed an audition for a co-host on a TV show that they wanted people to be able to dance, but also like act. And I crashed it and I booked it. Wow. And uh, crazy enough, I always tell people like, 
you don't, you shouldn't do this, but because I was young, like one of the producers like talked to me in the hall and exchanged numbers, like, oh, okay, your nails like, yeah, I've only been here a couple months. You know, you're like, I've only been here a couple months, yeah. Da, 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 da. He's like, oh, he gives me his card and I would call him and be like, Did you guys decide yet who you're gonna cast? Did you guys oh. what's going on? <sighs> Did you guys decide? He's like, Yeah, I don't think they've decided yet. He was like, you know, like a lower ranking producer, but I was like, Oh, okay, well, what is it that I could have done differently? Like what would you like <laughs> I mean I love when I think, <laughs> the brazenness of that. Like, hey, this is the person calling, wondering if you cast me yet. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's amazing. It's like, I would never think to do that. But, you know, when, when I moved out here, I had no rules, right? There's no rules. I don't know what it is, right. you know? So I would just, hey, okay. And um, I ended up booking the show. And then that from that show... I was on for the whole first season. I did not do the, I didn't come back for the second season, but that, that allowed me to start kind of auditioning more and getting like a dance agent. And then I did, I did music videos um, and dancing for artists. And then I got into commercials and I tell this too, I did some headshots from a guy that I met on a plane who was like, oh, my friend does headshots. You should do headshots with him. I did headshots with him. When I went to get my photos retouched, back when you got them like really retouched, yes. not digitally, the guy who owned the shop was this old man and he was like, you should go talk to Daniel Hoff. He's a big commercial agent. Tell him I sent you. And I was like, okay. And I went over to Daniel Hoff and I was like, and you have to like be referred to get to Daniel Hoff. And I was yeah. like, hey, somebody referred, this guy at the print shop referred me. And I auditioned for Daniel Hoff and I, he signed me and then I booked my first humongous national commercial with him. Oh my God. That's crazy. Were you, you were non-union then? I was non-union. Well, okay. So I booked another commercial first. That was a smaller commercial and I got tapped hard lead. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So then when I booked the big national, I was already sad. That's awesome. Are you still with Daniel Hoff? No, I'm not. But I was with him for years. I did a ton of stuff with him. Okay. Yeah. Um, He was also my, my first commercial agent as well. He was. But you're not with him anymore either? No, not anymore. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But Danny's great. I mean, you're going to listen. I tell people if you're with Danny, you're going to go out, you're going to audition. It's so funny to think about now because I would go out like four times a week and I was like, oh, I guess this is acting. (laughs) Can you fathom going out four times a week, four or five times a week? Unbelievable. And commercials aren't like that anymore. I mean, when I was a Danny too, same thing. Like you'd have two auditions in a day. You'd have so many auditions and, you know, nationals aren't as big as they were then, but the national, I booked a Coca-Cola national with the rapper Common and the singer Maya at the time. What? And I did a 90 second, a 60, a 30 cinema fees worldwide, Times Square. Shut up. And it ran for like two years. It was (gasps) the most crazy and my parents kept being like, my dad, especially, he's like, wait, you worked one day. And I'm like, and the checks keep rolling in. When you got your first check, were you like, this can't be right? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my, I, it was this feeling of like, not so much the first check as then like two days later, here comes another one uh-huh. for thousands of dollars. And you're like, but I just got a check for thousands of dollars. <laughs> and it is when you're kind of like, well, shoot. If you just do one of these, you're, you're set. You oh know? God, I do remember those days where you could just those days live off are a commercial. not really existing. No. But 
that's what I was able to do in the beginning was kind of live off commercials and stuff, you know? That's amazing. And so at the time when you were managing auditioning a lot slash, you know, coming off of the dancing and everything, did you work side jobs? Did you like, you know, before the, before that, those big checks started rolling in. Right, before those checks. You know, so here's the thing that I always tell people because, um, so I did have two side jobs, but they didn't last very long. And then I didn't really work again. I've been able to work as a, as an actor, That's but amazing. I was a cocktail waitress at the Laugh Factory. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best because really? I met, that's when I met like Kevin Hart. I saw Dave Chappelle perform the first time when he came back from like losing it from when he stopped his show, went away and then came back. I was literally at the Laugh Factory and everyone was like, oh, Dave Chappelle's coming in. And he had literally just came back and was like, I'm going to do a show here. And he just like went up and did like a 40 minute set. Wow. And Kevin Hart wasn't who he is now. So I saw a lot of people perform and a lot of comedians that I'm still like friends with because I met them then. But I booked the BET show, the first show there. So then I ended up quitting a couple months later. Things got slow. Then I was a cocktail waitress at the Comedy Union. And then I booked the Coca-Cola commercial and I was like, well, there's my sign from God. I don't need to work. I just need to be an actor. <laughs> and then I didn't get a job again. <laughs> Wait, that's crazy. Okay, so what what was it that brought you out of commercials and into more film and television? Because your credits are pretty extensive. Yeah, so I was always trying to do both, right? Or, you know, I was always finding a way to do both. But the thing about the commercials were that, again, like we said, I was able to make the money to sustain myself. Mm -hmm. So with with film and television, it was always like, you know, it's such a, it can be such a long and brutal process. You go on all these auditions, you get nothing, or you get close and you get nothing. Um, so for me, it was like, I was always doing both. I was never not trying to do both. But I think that what ended up happening is I started really just pulling my focus in on that and being like, if I book a commercial, great, but let me just shift my focus strictly to like, what am I not doing to book enough TV? Mm. And so I just kind of had to like shift my focus and then, you know, being in class, um, was super helpful. And then really starting to understand like the way TV works, because I think there's such a, there's such a misconception. You're like, okay, but I'm a great actor, but great acting doesn't always book you the job, right? Like there's such, um, there's so many things you need to know. Mm -hmm. So you need to know, you know, what, what kind of show is this? How am I looking on camera? How am I? You know, what is this cast director like? What are this, who directs this? Show? You know, like, I don't think that people always do their research. And I found that for me, I was getting like, no, she was really good, but I wouldn't book the job. And you realize like, oh, something's missing. Like if you're really good, but you're not booking the job, something's off and I need to figure out what that is. So I took time to kind of start figuring out what that was. Did you track this in some way? How did you kind of narrow down your focus and get really specific in your auditions? Yeah, I mean, I think such a good question. Um, well, it started with me. So one of the things that I realized and a friend pointed out to me was that I was so busy trying to figure out what they wanted that I was changing myself all the time. Mm -hmm. So I was changing to fit what they wanted. So, and especially like as a black girl, hair is important. So at the time, curly hair was really in for commercials but it was not in for film and TV. Mm. 
And that's kind of where that also shifted. It was like, they wanted me curly for commercials. They wanted my natural hair, but for film and TV, they wanted straight hair. And so I found that I was always molding myself and I wasn't being like, I wasn't bringing me. And I, it's such a cliche thing when they're like, bring you to the character, but it's so true. Because what I found is that they'd be like, yeah, she is really good, but they couldn't place me for anything specific because I was always shifting. Yes. So just as it would be like, okay, that was a really good audition she did. She's not quite right for this. And then they'd see me for something else. And I feel like cast nurses have brought in their horizons now. But at the time for me, I felt like they were kind of like, she's good, but I don't really know where she fits. Like, I didn't understand who I was. I didn't understand where my place was in TV. I didn't understand what my quote brand, if you will, is. And so that was, once I stopped doing that, it was like, it doesn't matter if I'm not right for this role. That doesn't matter. I don't have to be right for that role because the one I am right for, they're going to be like, Kina. Mm. So you really had to give up the idea of trying to get every role to being okay with not getting the roles so you can get some roles. Exactly. I literally had to just be like, it's so hard, right? It's so hard. But I really had to sit down and go, I remember there was an audition and I had been in for these, this casting director and these types of shows like a a million times. And I remember that that one of my girlfriends was like, she basically was like, why aren't you just being you? I was like, I am being me. She was like, no, you're like being some other version of you. And I don't know why. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. But I always go back to that. I'm like, she's right. I was not bringing myself. And so what I, what I always say is like, we can't be everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Even though we believe we can do everything. And I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying, do you want to work first? And I'm always like, let's work work, get that low hanging fruit, the things that people automatically are like, yep, you got that. Yep. That's Kina. Yep. That's Kina. Then after you get those credits under your belt, then you can start to expand and stretch. And I think the the misconception is that if you're not everything, you won't work. Right. Mm-hmm. But the reality is the more specific you are, you're going to, other stuff is going to float in anyway. Right. People are like, but if I just play a cop, so great. You're focused on playing a cop. You're going to get cop auditions, but you're still going to get some other things that are going to float in there. And you might book those too. But the focus of just being like, I'm going to get this cop may allow you to book like these five roles. And then casting can be like, oh, I can trust this person. Let's try them over here. You know, and I think that was hard. I didn't want to give that up. I didn't want to be put in some box or, or some specific type. I really didn't want that. And the minute that I was like, okay, you know what? I'd rather be a working actor than a sit at home. Like I want to expand actor. Okay. (laughs) I have to laugh because it's so, it's so true, right? Like we all, we all want to be like Charlize Theron and monster. We all want to be the opposite of ourselves because it's so fun. But I think that the reason we escape to that so easily sometimes is because it's a lot easier to be someone else Mm -hmm. than to figure out who you are. Exactly. But figuring out who you are allows you, A, to work, but also for you to make such great choices as a character that don't, that doesn't make you feel so like, sometimes people get auditions and they're like, (sighs) but it's always like, okay, how do you do that? Just, just how do you do that first? Right? What's your natural instinct? Because a lot of times your natural instinct is what you book, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're just you. 
right? You're not thinking of like, okay, and then I need to do this beat and then this turn. And then I need to like, I need to go up on this line. And then de- like, you know, that's, what can you just do? Like, how can we just watch you with ease? Right. Mm. And it is, it's so hard, but, and it took a lot of, it took a long time and I, you know, yeah, I still have you, to work on it. What did you, was there anything specific you did to kind of figure that out? And I think part of it is probably just growing up too, figuring out who we are, mm-hmm. but what did you do to kind of figure out you know, where you niche down? Yeah, that's such a great question. What did I do to kind of do that? I mean, I think one of the things is I got really realistic about what shows I belonged on. Um, Sometimes, like, I would look at a show and be like, although I love that show, and just being honest, like, they don't really have a lot of Black girl guest stars on that show. Hmm. So you're, you may not, you're probably not going to get on that show. Like, what can I target that is really, right? And then I kind of took a, took a study of myself and was like, what are my qualities? And then I asked other people, you know, there's that old exercise where it's like asking the people, but I, I really did kind of like take in, like, what do my friends say about me? When I first meet somebody, what are the things that they're automatically like, this is you, this is who Kina is, you know? Mm-hmm. And as I started like writing down those things and being like, oh, they always say like, oh, she's fun. Oh, she has a quick comeback. Oh, she's it. And I was like, okay, so let me shape that. Let me shape that. And then without any coaching or anything, if I take some size and I read them, what is, what is my own natural personality coming out of that before I do the work? Like, just what do I bring? And I found that there would be things that would be like, oh, I make that funny. I can just make that funny without doing the work on that because that's just Kina making that funny. And then I can go and dissect it later, if that makes sense, you know, yeah. but I always like to do a pass, just a Kina pass, you know? That doesn't fit for the show, doesn't fit for, but just like, how would I just say this, you know, and then I can narrow it down and start like, oh, now I can tweak for the show and and the pacing and the blah, blah, blah. But like keeping those elements that are like, oh, that's a Kenaism. Like no one's going to, no one's going to do that regardless, because that's just me. Mm. No one can do that. Yes. Yes. And that's the fun part, right? Is, is once you start to get that. And it's also, I mean, listen, it's easier said than done. Like once you start booking with it, it's like, oh, now I have like pats on the back to validate my work. Right. So people always talk about like, oh, I'll get emails sometimes, like, especially if I have like, a, you know, like there's like a booking frenzy, right. Where people are like, oh my God, you just booked like five things. Right. So after I got married, I booked like quite a few shows. Like I did like a movie in New York, and then I did like four series right after that. Oh, is right? that the secret? Great. I'm about to get married. So looking forward to it. <laughs> That's it. You just got to have a big thing. Okay, That's great. It. That's all you need. Right. Um, but people were literally like, hey, do you think that getting married is like, that? you think that's what changed? Is it like, da, 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 you know? And I had to tell people like, I don't think it's that. I think it's that there's a freedom and growth and a comfortability of who I am that also allows me to have something else going on in my life that's really important that doesn't make this life or death right now. Hey, mm-hmm. B, when I booked um, Atlanta, when I did that TV show, it was a role outside of the role that people would see me as. And that started also bridging the gap. I felt like people were finally like, oh, she can play that too. Kind of what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It was like people were like, oh, she can also play that. She was kind of an around the way girl. She was funny, but she had a she had a lot of sass and a lot of like she had a little ghettoness to her. Okay. Like she was, but 
people didn't see me that way because I usually play sophisticated girlfriend, smart, intelligent, you know, just that kind of like upright, pretty type, you know, sophisticated, mm-hmm. if you will. That role was like, I mean, I don't think I even, they barely gave me makeup. I was like, y'all, I mean, there was like, they were not really giving you makeup on this role. But that <laughs> role allowed people to be like, oh my gosh, she could also do this. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like that started to branch out because my role on Sisters is so far from me. Um, but I had auditioned for Tyler. Um, so I just wanted to say that to say that like there was a branching out that had started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun to follow the path. Right. There was like a branching out that had started. So anyways, I was, I don't, I've auditioned for Tyler a gazillion times. <laughs> so this audition was no different. I was just like, okay. But the thing that changed, I remember I had, my son was six months at the time. Okay. And I remember saying to myself, like, you got to just remember that this is fun, what you get to do. Like, have the fun of the audition as opposed to the pressure of the audition. And I was like, again, I'm just going to do what I want to do. So I remember having a ton of fun on this audition and doing it and not thinking twice about it. I was on my way to a pilot audition for a series regular and my agent calls and was like, so, hey, um, they want to book you for the Tyler Perry show. And at the time, I thought it was like a guest star. I did not realize it was a full on recurring nine episodes. And I was like, oh. And then they were like, and they want to make a couple changes. And I was like, okay. They were like, they want to make you a little more butch and they want to change your hair and they want to make sure you're okay with that before you accept the offer. And I was like, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> you're like, no problem. Um, yeah. What did they yeah. do to your hair? Oh, honey, they made me a very low cut ball cap. So basically like how a guy would have his hair shaved low and they took all of my hair and wrapped it under and molded a ball cap to my head. And I was a butch, you know, uh, lesbian, very manly, just, and it was great, but they were worried that I wouldn't want to accept that because you know, people don't always want that. I was like, no, what you're talking about. I want a Charlize Theron. I want a exactly. completely Ex- separate. Right. Thank you. See, you get to branch out. And um, it was incredible and so fun and challenging because That's, also I was, I had my newborn with me. I, there's so many things I want to talk about. I want to talk about yeah. working with Tyler Perry because I've also had um, Sierra Payton and Matthew Law Yay! on the podcast and they've both- And who else? Who's that uh, Matthew Law. Oh, okay. Yes. And, uh, and they both said amazing things about that experience. So let's talk about that first. And then I want to talk about yes. motherhood because I have a lot of friends. Uh, I told you before we started that who are in that phase of starting their families and they have questions for you. So <laughs> let's start with Tyler Perry, the man, the myth, yes. the legend. Yes. <sighs> amazing. He is truly, I mean, what he's doing is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, honestly, you are shooting so fast, <laughs> right? You're shooting so fast. So, you know, a lot of times we would laugh. We'd be like, yeah, you basically need to learn a play to do the next day's work. Like you basically are like, okay, I need to memorize all these lines as if I'm in a play because I may be shooting 55 pages today. It's like soap you know opera I mean? speed, right? Like that's the, that's faster, kind of the, oh my but faster. I mean, you shoot, sometimes you shoot a hundred pages a day. Holy shit. How do you shoot a hundred pages a day? 
And the only thing I can say is Tyler is that's why I guess he's the only person that did it. <laughs> it's that's insane. It's crazy. So you have to think like you get off set and then you're like, okay, the next day you're like, okay, so how many pages do I have? Oh, I have, you know, for me, I was recurring. So not being a series regular, some of them, sometimes they'd be like, I've got 60 pages today. You know, I would have like, oh, I've got 25 pages today or something. You know what I mean? But think about that. You go home at the end of the night, you're like, okay, 25 pages tomorrow. Okay, let's uh, get to knowing those 25 pages. And you're not getting a bunch of takes either. So you don't get to warm up. You don't get to be like, let's, you know, it's, let's hit it or quit it. So for me, it's like, it was great training ground to just challenge yourself, but also like having my son there, I was breastfeeding Holy shit. and we were, you know, in Atlanta. So we weren't our home and that was also very tough because I'd work a full day. I get home. My son wasn't sleep trained yet. He was, you know, six mm-hmm. months. So he would want to be up when I got there. He'd want to breastfeed. He'd be like, I miss mommy. I haven't seen her. And I still needed to study and then be ready to get up in the morning for the driver to come get me. You know okay. I mean? So we need your secret sauce because that is incredible. Did you just plow through? How did you, how did you take care of yourself? Yeah. So, well, first I had my, you know, as soon as I booked it, they wanted me to, I think I booked it on like a Thursday and they had me, they wanted me to leave like Saturday and I was like, I need one more day. So I left on a Sunday. Wow. Um, but basically I was like, okay, mom, I need you guys to come to Atlanta and stay. We, we did it so that my husband would come like every, he was coming like every three or four days, mm-hmm. flying in for four days, leaving out, coming back. Wow. So I had that help. And then the other thing was, is that Tyler Perry's camp was great. They were great. Like there were times I was literally pumping in my dressing room. And then one of the drivers would deliver milk to my hotel because I was like, I didn't know we'd be here this long. I need milk delivered. And so they'd be like, okay, I handed off milk to your husband, breast milk delivered. I'm like, thank you guys. (laughs) Okay. Like that's the team, right? That's, that's what you need to get by. You gotta have a like, um, but I did, you know, the thing that it is, is that I love working, right? I Mm. love being on set. So as tired as I might've been, it was so much fun that it honestly, you know, yes, I was tired at times, but it was so fun that I didn't even feel that, right? Because you're so excited to be working, to be on set. And, um, and then on my days off, you know, I really took my days off to like walk around with my son and just like have a good meal and like, not try to do too much because sometimes when I'm out of town working, you're like, oh, I want to see everybody. And I was like, this is not a trip where I see everybody. Yeah. This is not that trip. This is a trip where I'm working. So when all my days off, I'm resting, working on my next scene, spending time with my son, and that's it. And that was weird because a lot, I know so many people in Atlanta and they were like, I can't believe I didn't see you. You were here for a month. And I was like, I'm working. I got to take care of me first. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you uh, go home at night, work on, you know, take care of your son, be a mom, uh, sleep and get 30 pages ready for the next day? Like what <laughs> did, was, is there like a way you work lines that like worked really well? Was the writing pretty good to where it was pretty easy to fall into? Because that's a lot of actors, like worst nightmare. <laughs> I know, I know. One of the series regulars, KJ, who I already knew beforehand, I remember one day we were in the makeup room and she was like, I think she said, like, I have like 60 some pages today. And I was like, Ugh. so her whole brain was like, you know, 
Now, one thing that I will say about Tyler that's amazing is he has hired readers on set for you. So while you're in the makeup room or while you're in the dressing room or while you're whatever, you can have a hired reader literally following you around everywhere, reading lines with you. Oh, what a great job too. That's what a so great job. Amazing. And, it's, and it's all people who want to act, obviously. So oh, wow. that was also a big help. So I could get up in the morning, get to set, get my breakfast, and I could be in the makeup chair and there'd be a reader just standing there like, okay, where would you like to start today? I'm like, let's start on this page. And you just read and you're like, okay, give me 10 minutes. I'll be back. I'll be back in 10 minutes. And then they would come back and find me and we'd run. So that was great. But for me, the thing was, is that it was like, this is going to sound like probably not as helpful as people want to hear. It was relying on all the training I've done all the years, right? That's really what it was. It was like, you know, this is that moment where you say, oh, when you tell, you know, for me, when I tell God I'm ready for something, I'm ready to book this, I'm ready to be a series regular, to me, that means you're ready to step up. So that mm-hmm. means all the training I've had, all the work I know how to do, it means I trust myself to do it. So for me, it was like, okay, let me read through this. Who's my character? Who am I? I know who I am because I'm playing this. Okay, great. What is the scene about? Great. Now I will say I do have the benefit of being an easy memorizer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do have that gift, right? But for me, it was like, okay, what do I need to get down first? So it was like, okay, as long as I understand what this scene is about and who I am, I can get the first 70%. The other 30%, then I can be like, okay, this is where I'm having a block. And for me, um, studying with like Diana Castle and um, Annie, they used to always say like, if there's a block, that means something's not clear. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not memorizing something right there, it means something isn't clear. You haven't done enough work. So for me, then it's like going back and being like, why can't I get this line? What isn't clear? What don't I believe? What don't I understand? Who don't, you know what I mean? Like, and so then I go back and I'm like, ah, I know why. I know why, because I don't truly believe that. Or I don't think I would say that. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I can go through and do it like that. Um, but honestly, it was just relying on me. Like I said, I was ready for this. So you in the big leagues, be in the big leagues. You know mm. what I mean? God, that's amazing. It's amazing too. Cause like how we were talking about, you know, how much time it takes for some people. It's like you got into that position when you were ready to do it. And as much as a lot of us, and I know a lot of you listening feel this way, like we want to rush our timeline and we just want to work. It's like, cool, that might happen. But then what if you didn't get to do good work and it didn't work out well? Like, And that's the thing. It's like, you know, here's the thing. So so when I stepped on set, people had told me, I mean, from execs down to the actors, like, be ready. You only get a couple takes. You do not want to be the person that messes up that take. Why? It doesn't no pressure. Work. No pressure. <laughs> and you're not a series regular. So you're really like, oh God, I don't want him to regret. Like when I arrived, I had six episodes, but by day two, I had nine episodes, right? So it was like, you don't want to be the person that like, I don't know why I got her. So I like, I like got on set. And I was like, I had been running my lines, running, you know, getting in character. We did the first. So when I stepped on set, I was like, uh, hi, you know, they were like, uh, Tyler, this is uh, Kina, whatever. He was just like, okay, guys, so this is the scene. He just went into like, this is the scene. This is what we're doing, blah, 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 blah. Okay, guys, our camera's up. And it, it was so fast. I was like, and then it was like, action. We did the scene. We did it a couple of times. And then, then Tyler says, hey, um, he's like, Kina, right? I was like, yeah. He was like. That was beautiful work, phenomenal work, so good. And so for me, that told me, that told me one of two things, right? It was first, he wasn't interested in like, let me just make you feel so good on the set first. Like you're an actor, this is your job, come do your job. Mm -hmm. And then 
after I did my job, he's like, now let's chat now that you're, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and it just, it just reminded me, like, you don't need to be pampered when you first walk in on set. Like, although it can be nice, but I don't know for me in that moment, it was like, that's right. Just do the work, just do the work. You know what I mean? We get caught up in the other things, but it's like, just do the work. Yeah. And then everything else comes. Mental note. <laughs> right. <laughs> For the next time that yeah. happens. Um, right. Can I ask you a question about his sets in particular? Because I had a, uh, I did a podcast last season with two actresses named Brie Elay and um, Saudia Rashid. Mm-hmm. And I know Brie Elay. Oh, you do? She's uh-huh. awesome. She's awesome. And we talked about, about having sets that were like looking out a window. So she said, uh, sets like Tyler Perry's are beautiful because you look out a window and you see all people of different, different ethnicities, different walks of life, different that. And she said he is a great job of doing that on sets. Did, was there, did you feel really comfortable on his sets? Because she also talked about having black hair and makeup people making a huge difference. And I, yes, I wish they could see my face right now. (laughs) I wish everybody could see my face. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think the thing is, is that first of all, his studio is gorgeous. Yeah, it looks amazing. But also, all the stages at the other. The other thing is like, so so imagine that you're in this atmosphere, where also on these stages they shot some of Black Panther. At the time, they were shooting MacGyver on one of the stages. Another movie was shot on another stage. Like all these TV shows are also shooting on the stages and then you're shooting your stuff for Tyler. And then having, walking for me as a black woman, walking into this huge hair and makeup room with all these like black hair and makeup people who understand my hair, who understand my, you know, my skin tone and who are making me look the way that I should look and that I don't have to explain myself was so refreshing, right? Like, I did not have to worry because a lot of times we have to worry, right? You have, well, you know, for us, it's like, let me make sure that my hair is right before I get there. Let me make sure I give them choices. Let me bring my wigs or let me bring whatever the case is. And it was just really nice to know that he really makes it so that you don't have to think about anything. And that's the thing that I loved on the set was like, there was no thinking about anything. Like everything was literally right there provided for you. Like I said, I mean, the hired readers to me was like, He's like, listen, I know I'm asking a lot. So I'm going to give you everything you need so that you can do your job. And for me, that's exactly what that was. It's like, I'm giving you all of this. You know, we put you up in a very nice place to stay. We give you a driver. We fly you, you know, like all these things are here in place. Yes, it sounds nice and luxurious, right? But the reality of it is it's so that you can be comfortable so that you can do the work that you need to do. Right, right. Take down all other obstacles so you can do your job. That's exactly. And so for me, that was the thing that I kept saying to myself was like, don't get caught up in all the other stuff. Like you, you just are here to do your job. You're here to do your work. And he's provided a very comfortable atmosphere for which you can do that. Mm. And it was, it was, it was, it was great. And, and then I was still like having to audition for other stuff. My managers would still be like, yeah, so I know you're shooting, but can you give us this audition by tomorrow morning? And you were like, uh-huh. Okay. Yep. I surely can. <laughs> I will power through it. I That's will power inc- through. incredible. I hope he's building, I hope he's building what, what will become 
more of a norm, not necessarily to do like 60 pages a day, but providing people with what they need with the job you ask them to do. Yes. 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 And I think kind of going back to your point, just like, I think it was such an important point, especially for anybody listening. That's like, yeah, I want my shot is that there is, there is something about yourself that you have to trust when it's time to do it. And sometimes I've seen people get caught up being out of town and wanting to hang out or people getting caught up and being like, oh, oh, I wasn't completely ready for this scene because I didn't know. Like there is something about you having to go in and say, I am ready. I got this. I've studied. I've trained. I know this character. I trust who I am bringing. I'm not trying to be anybody else on this set. I'm not trying to impress or get nervous. I'm like, I belong here and I'm here to do my job. Let's do it. And then everything else comes after that. And I think if you can do that, like that's where to me, uh, that, that's where everything lies. And then once you do that, you're like, okay, now I can think about going out to dinner or seeing a friend, but I'm here to do a job, you know? Have you been able to keep the same mindset through COVID? Cause you sound very driven and very on top of things. Have you been able to keep this kind of going this year? <laughs> yes, I, I have. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I do try to do and it does not always happen, trust me, it doesn't. I really try to find the opportunities and the joy within whatever's happening, mm-hmm. right? Now, again, you might catch me two weeks from now and I'll be like, y'all, it sucks. Everything's terrible. Why, God, why, <laughs> right? But today, what I'm saying is- Okay, <laughs> we got a good day. <laughs> today, what I'm saying is um, I really am like, okay, what's this opportunity or what's this growth, right? So for me thinking about COVID, it was like, at first it was just like, oh great, now I have time to like do the stuff I never get a chance to do. But the other thing was, oh my God, look at all these cast directors that also have all this time on their hands that are doing workshops for free, that are seeing talent they've never seen before because they actually have the time to do it. Oh, look, I no longer have to drive in traffic all around. I get to audition at home, on sell, on tape, and book a job from tape now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so for me, I've been able to find like, wow. And it's allowed me to step up my game even more because your self tapes need to be even better and you need to really be ready to go. And you really need to like have all the things in place because they're not seeing you in person, you know? Um, so, which can put something, you know, I've heard some people be like, oh God, I auditioned. And because I didn't go in person, you, you know, some people do a million takes. I'm not a million take person, right? I'm like, if you can't get it in two to three takes, you aren't ready to go when you're, you know, doing your self-tape audition. But that's me. This is why you worked well on Tyler Perry. It's perfect. <laughs> so it's like, but I think some people, the, the caveat to that is I've heard some people be like, then they go to set and they're like nervous because, you know, there's nerves when you go in the room. There's not nerves when you're taping on camera. So right. then those nerves then are like, Oh, right. I have not, you know. Right now I have to bring the cake that they saw me make. Like, got it. (laughs) Um, So I have been able to keep it. um, But, you know, one of the things that I'm a huge proponent of is content creation. So Mm -hmm. this has given me even more time to create content and to really like find my voice that way as well. I've been doing it for a long time, but it's super important to me to that this industry not only knows me as an actor, but knows me as a creator mm-hmm. and knows that I create characters, I create stories, I tell stories, and that I am here to put those things out into the world. 
And to me, that also gives you something else when you're talking to casting or when you're out and about talking, even when I did generals, like when I did generals with some of these cast directors, like I didn't just talk about the work that I've done. You know, I talk about who I am as a person and what I'm putting out there and what I'm creating and what I'm giving as an artist, right? As opposed to like, I want you to give me a job. Like, this is what I provide you as an artist. I give to you that starts a different conversation that they want to talk to me about versus like, how can I be so great and happy that you want to cast me as an actor, but mm -mm, this is what I do. So let's have this conversation about what I'm giving to the world. What does your content look like? Give people a little snapshot of what you like to do. Oh, yes. So most of it, uh, well, not most of it. I love to create a socially conscious project. Mm -hmm. I love tackling a variety of topics from everything from like pro-choice, homelessness, bullying. Um, so I love tackling subjects like that. But then the other side of me loves to tackle projects that are, you know, about just love and friendship that and the complexities of it, especially for um, Black people that we don't get to see. Um, so for me, like I had a film, my very first short film was a satire. I didn't even think I wrote satires but I did and uh that played in over 35 festivals it got picked up for tv distribution that started my content creation and then from there I started working with my producing partner a guy who he worked in corporate America he literally we met he was like he saw a show I was in I was in a three-person one woman show that we wrote direct start in. we toured it across the country and he saw it and he was like I really have always wanted to write like plays and stuff would you help me and I was like sure so he wrote a couple plays. I helped him assistant direct and produce them. Those things took off. We did a feature film and then we got a distribution deal with that film. So we shot three features with that deal. That's amazing. And we did that and that was amazing and wonderful. And I got to see a whole other side of what it's like on the other side of that camera and what it's like to even like will and deal with people you know we had people like Vivica Fox in our movies and so it was like I got to see what that side looked like and then from there then I did my one woman show which won an NAACP award that I wrote and produced and starred in and then my latest film um, deals with the issue of pro-choice and I was nominated by HBO for best film for that. Okay so here's my question because <laughs> I want to know what you do for downtime because it seems like you're doing, right? Like you're, there's all these things going on and like, not only are you making content, but like you're making good content, which like, let's delineate the difference. Um, how do you chill? Um, I love watching TV. Okay, great. <laughs> I do. Like I'm, I used to be one of those actors. I was like, I don't have time to watch TV because I'm studying. I'm like, I had the notes, right? And then I was like, if you want to be on TV, you should probably watch way more TV. Mm -hmm. So I watch a lot of TV with my husband. Um, I love dinner with my friends and my family. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a big go out to, well, obviously aside from COVID, I'm a big go out to dinner with friends and family type of person. Um, I love great cocktails and glasses of wine with mm -hmm. my friends. Okay. Um, you do have downtime when you're not um, doing Oh, I do. I okay. do. And it's funny because I know that I sound like super busy, which I am, um, especially because I'm a mom and mm -hmm. a wife, but I do find time. I, listen, I'm not the best at self-care, but I do find time to have fun because there's always a balance, right? And there's always mm -hmm. like the need. And the thing that I always tell people too, um, especially like a lot of my clients, because I coach content creators, 
a lot of my clients, the thing that I tell them is like living life gives you access to creating characters, to creating stories, to telling stories. So if you're only in your bubble, then you don't have much to give outside of what you already know. The yeah. experiences of going out and living, it's the experience of meeting new people. It's the experiences of doing, going and deciding, I'm going to just try a fencing class because I haven't done it before. That can create a character or a story or an idea for a movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that those things are just as important. Um, and also, like I was saying before, it also gives you something to talk about with other people. I find that if you only want to talk about acting to agents or to cast directors or to producers, they talk about that all day. But how can you connect with them on something else? And if you don't have anything else because you are like, I don't have time to live life because I'm so busy doing all the stuff for the business, then you're not much fun to talk to. Right. You don't seem like an interesting person. Nobody wants to have right. dinner with that guy. Right. What is your, right. for your content creation, for your, the projects you work on, what have you been able to do uh, during COVID? Because this episode will come out like the beginning of next year. We'll still be in it to some extent, hopefully soon out of it. Oh, yeah. um, oh my God, when this airs, maybe we'll be starting to distribute a vaccine. I know, maybe, doesn't Maybe that we'll amazing? be like really not having to wear a mask even. Like we can look at each other's mouths and like see what people are saying. I, I mean, I just, I miss lipstick so much. Like I, so I know, much. I was like, lipstick sales have to be down. Uh, <laughs> hugely, hugely. <laughs> Um, so, so what are you doing uh, when you are not able to, you're literally not able to expand your bubble very much right now? Right. So one of the things is, is I applied for a grant and I got it, um, a filmmaker's grant, and it was to make a one minute film. Yes. Um, and so in like no time at all, we shot, I shot this film, another like socially aware film. So I did that, which was amazing to do. And that'll be coming out actually this month. Uh, oh, the, awesome. the people that sponsored the grant are putting it out and then I'll get to put it out after they put it out. I've been writing projects. I've also been, uh, because, because so many of my clients are like, can you please create like a course that deals with all of this? I have a new course, a new Create Your Way content creation course that I'm working on that will be out. Actually, when this airs, the, it'll be already Great. launched. Perfect. It'll and be linked so, in the show notes. Yes. And basically I'll take people from everything from idea to page, from page to production, to raising money, to how to like brand yourself, how to align, how to market, how to distribute, how to pitch, how to get distribution, like the whole package, right? Because everybody's in different places. And so um, I've been working on that. And then just like really working on things that I, I never get to work on, right? So sometimes I tell people this a lot too. And I think that when people hear content creation, sometimes they're like, okay, well, what's my film? Sometimes just writing anything is content creation. You don't know what it can come from. So one of the things that I started doing was on Monday nights, I do a thing called Unbranded Live. So my one woman show was called Kina Unbranded. And I did an interview a few months ago where I talked about, they just wanted me to talk about like some of my stories in LA of being an actor. And I got so many comments and we got so many, like so much feedback that I was like, maybe people want to hear about this. Let me expand my one woman show to these stories. So on Monday nights, um, I do a quick live at 10 minutes at the most, usually where I either do a story from my one woman show and I'll act out that character and do one of the pieces from the show. Or I tell a story about living in LA and the journey here. It's been really good. And it's something that it was like, I don't like going live 
So I was like, oh, how can I challenge myself? Oh, I hate going live. Okay, I'll go live once a week. And then I'll just talk about being unbranded. I'll talk about something that makes me unbranded, some story. So I talked about my first music video, which was my Jay-Z music video that I was in. I talked, you know, one week I talked about uh, my Laker girl story being like, you know, so I just talk about all these various things. And that's been cool. And it's been this thing that like, kind of started picking up speed where like, I didn't do it the last two weeks. And people were like, hey, where's your unbranded live? We were waiting on Monday. I was like, oh, I was taking a couple weeks. Oh, right. People, you know, yeah. people are like, people hey. Watch. So, um, so that's something I would not have done if it wouldn't have been COVID because I, mm. I you know, I would have just been doing whatever I'm doing. Good for you, man. I love that. I think people, and that of that availability is not just for COVID, by the way, I want to like, make sure that's clear. Like, yes, clearly you can find things to work on from home. Cause I think sometimes that holds people back, right? From when you say content creation, people get un- unnerved that it's either going to be like Instagram photos or they have to write right. like a feature film. And I just want to exactly. say that like what we're doing right now is technically content creation, like exactly creating a thing. You're just creating. And I, I like to tell people too, like you have to think so beyond TV and film. People think content creation and they think TV and film. Okay, well, if I do a web series, it's on YouTube. Or if I think, if I'm going to do, like you said, this, it's just on Instagram. But I'm like, do you know that the world is full of creation, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, Tide has content on their page. So somebody's creating that. Right. And that is being a content creator, right? And it had to start so, somewhere. It, right. It's storytelling. And so that's why I tell people sometimes, like, don't worry about writing a movie or a film. Just write. Mm. What do you have? Okay, you only have a page. What can we do with this page? How can we make this something? You know, yes. um, one of my clients wanted, was writing a pilot and he was trying to get ready to shop it around. And I was like, why don't you make this an audio series? And he was like, I never thought about that. Yeah. So now it's going to be on Audible and Spotify and all those things. And it's going to be an audio series. And they're doing some things with Audible now where they're taking the series and they're having, you know, celebrity actors take them and do a reading of them right now via Zoom. But when it's not, they're doing them in New York. And so it's like, there's another way. And so he's like, I'm so glad I'm doing, I can't believe I never thought of an audio series. Yeah. So now he's created this whole audio series and going on to do some really big things. I feel like we as actors tend to get a little uh, tunnel vision as to what is going to get us auditions and what is going to give us bookings. We only see like IMDB credits. <laughs> the world outside of it is just so very big. And, and speaking of the world outside, I don't want to forget to talk to you about being a mom. Yes. <sighs> so uh, being a mom, being a mom, you're a mom. Oh, and do you want to tell people about being a mom times two? Yeah, so I'm a mom to a little boy who'll be two. Well, when this airs, he'll be two. And I got one in the oven who is a little girl who's baking away in there. Yay! This is a and We're recording this before it's even announced, before. which is just yes. hot topics. <laughs> I know. She's just in there baking away. Yeah, so that is, uh, that is wonderful. And, you know... There is such a thing about people getting pregnant in Hollywood that I think, and I'm just not about that. I'm about like, what are the things that I want out of my life? Those are the things I'm going to go get. And it's not one or the other. It's not this or this. It's all of it. 
you know, um, I think it's easier for like men a lot of times to be like, oh, I have kids and I can work. But a lot of times the moms feel like we have to hide it or we can't say anything or, well, I guess I won't be working. And it's like, no, like I'm pregnant now, but I just shot um, All American two weeks ago. I was just, amazing. I'm just shooting that and I'm now shooting that show pregnant. So it doesn't stop the show, you know, right. doesn't stop any, doesn't stop the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and it's, it's added so much more to my life and so much more to my characters and my, you know, one of the things I know you had um, Anthony Boyer on here, who's mm-hmm. actually my agent. I, mean, he, I love him, by the way. You have a great so agent. Great. He's so great. But one of the things that we talked about when I met with him was that I said, I said, you know, one of the things that I want you to know is that the roles that I want to play now are a little different than the roles I probably was trying to play before because my well is deeper. I'm deeper. I'm, you know, I'm more in touch with certain things. And so the way in which I see and perceive the world has changed and that reflects in how I play characters. That's important to me. You know what I mean? And he was like, absolutely, of course. Him and my managers. My managers, I told them the same thing and they were like, makes perfect sense. So I'm I'm able to dig in a deeper place. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm able to pull from this well of emotions and things that weren't necessarily there before or weren't accessible, maybe as accessible to me before. Mm-hmm. That has put a deepness into my work that's just layered it even more and made it even more nuanced. And for me, those are the roles that between Anthony and my managers and stuff that we seek out even more. What would you say to our actors, uh, especially our actresses who are listening, who are thinking, well, I need to book X, Y, and Z jobs before I try to have kids? I would say, A, don't put that pressure on yourself. And B, you might run out of time. You know what I mean? Like, that's the truth. You might run out of time. And we don't know what's coming our way, right? That's the hardest thing. Like we did not pick a business that gives us A, B, C, and D. We didn't. So you can't live your life with an A, B, C, or D. So as soon as you try to say, I'm going to book this many jobs and then I'm going to get married and then I'm going to get pregnant, you're trying to put A, B, C, and D in a business that doesn't do that. You don't know what is going to unfold for you. I have a friend who booked a series regular, was pregnant, literally had her baby, she, so she shot some of it while she was pregnant, had her baby, and then went back. And it was a cop show. So she was running and gunning and all of that. Wow. Right? You could not have told her that. She wasn't planning to necessarily get pregnant, right? But it was like, what a blessing. She was like, I'm a series regular and I'm about to have a baby. And all that's happening, right? You couldn't have told her that. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have told me that I'd be, you know, shooting, you know, a recurring role on Tyler's show with a newborn. You couldn't have told me that that would have been happening, right? So I just think, I just think you can't try to plan out this life. I think you have to live it to the fullest. I think you have to always be ready and you have to expect the unexpected and you have to keep putting out there what it is that you want and what you want to get and then know that it is available to you to have and there's literally nothing that can stand in your way except for your own thoughts and fears and beliefs that it can't happen. We have to end it there. That was <laughs> perfect. That was beautiful. Kina, where do you want to direct people to to check out your stuff? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Kina Star, K E E N A Star. 
And then please come find me on nowgogetitdone.com. That is my website for my uh, content creation. I would love to work with anybody. Um, I love helping actors who want to start creating content and want to start making another path for themselves that isn't just waiting for the phone to ring. That is the goal. Thank you yes. so much. This was yes. such a bright spot of my Thursday. This Yay. is fantastic. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to talk to you. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Kina, thank you so, so much for sitting down with me. Guys, the reason I had Kina on the podcast was because she just dropped me a line one day to my email because Anthony Boyer from DDO is her agent and we're both from St. Louis. And so we just started chatting. And as I got to know her, I was like, this girl needs to be a podcast guest. So that's an important reminder to just keep in touch with people, even if you expect nothing from them. It's pretty beautiful how friendships can grow and like, hot tip friendships are the center of networking so there you go we're gonna leave you with that one today (laughs) all right guys make sure you're following all the social media at one broke actress at sam valentine sign up for that email list i very rarely send them but when i do they are packed full of goodies and we have another giveaway coming in the email list soon make sure you are subscribed to this podcast that you rate and review it because it actually matters and i know you're sick of hearing me say it but it really does it matters a whole freaking lot thank you all of you who have already rated review shared on your instagram do all of the good things that's enough for today she's done talking quickly (sighs) thank you maggie zabo for your amazing theme song and thank you helena santos for all your production help i will talk to you guys 